Ready, spaghettis? Yes, ma'am. I am, again, you're not here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not. Ready, spaghetti. I'm ready, spaghetti. Are you ready? I am ready. Ready? Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I'm a troll. <laughs> okay, so we don't have a guest today. She's not here. Goodness gracious. I will not be ignored. <sighs> <sighs> to okay, be so made invisible. Listen. Is very difficult for me. Oh, excellent segue. Hi, welcome <laughs> to I Kill a Spider for You. My name is Catherine. And I'm Carmen. And I'm Aviva. And you're not here. <laughs> and we are here to talk about um, what we always talk about, which are a variety of issues. This is an issue podcast where we talk about fun things and we talk about serious things. And we politicize everything, so buckle up, white people. Buckle up, baby. It's going to be political. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed... We have a guest. Yes, the lovely and talented Habiba. Yes. I'm incredible. I truly am. Oh, yeah, goodness exactly. gracious. <laughs> so she joined us on our last episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that one. We talked about conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we will be talking today about therapy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. It'll be fun. It will be fun. Because we all come from different spaces in terms of therapy. For mm-hmm. example, I have been in therapy for like four years. Mm-hmm. Habiba. I'm new to therapy. I like started two months ago. I like I, I've only been to three sessions. It's it's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I have not been to therapy, but I want to go to therapy. I've honestly just been procrastinating about going to therapy. Uh-huh. So I was like, I can talk to my mom, but I really <laughs> Catherine, probably should. Catherine, it's not the same thing. Not the same, <laughs> no, not the same thing at all. I should definitely start going. But that's what we're going to be talking about today, and like a variety of ways. So, do you want to get started? Sure. Um, so I wanted to start by saying that therapy looks very different depending on what you want to do. I think oftentimes when people think of therapy, they think of talk therapy in the sense of Mm -hmm. like you meet with someone, usually some white person and you're, and you're paying like $150 an hour to talk about things that bother you or think or whatever the case may be, which for me, like, yes, that's what I'm doing. Habiba also, that's what you're doing. Um, but there's different ways that people look for healing in the sense that I know a lot of people who, um, maybe mix that or do something related to like, like sweat lodges or mm. other types of healing that aren't necessarily talk therapy. I last year or the year before did this thing called a, oh shit, I forget, but it is something in the South of Mexico, which is like a, like a sweat lodge. Mm-hmm. It's like a clay, um, room that you go into and it, it is like a sauna and it's like a whole process that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very interesting because I don't like to share my emotions. The only emotions I'm comfortable with showing are anger and happiness. Anything sadness related, I don't, it's very hard for me to do. It took me like three years of therapy to be like, let me tell people when I'm feeling sad. <laughs> and it made me, I was like so emotional and I didn't know why. And then I talked to people who have done things like sweats and stuff. And they say that like sweat lodges are very, like people get extremely emotional because you're just like letting out everything. Mm. That's I interesting. Did, I did not know that. That makes sense. My sister um, is someone who's very much like you, mm-hmm. where you both are people who more so than other. I mean, everyone keeps stress in their bodies, but some people really do stress <laughs> in their bodies. Yeah. Um, and then she would go to hot yoga and then she would do the yoga and she would often cry. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's like sweating out her feelings and that would be something that would be getting the emotions out. So it's just like, it's like a real way of detoxifying. I also think it's important to say, so people do therapy in different ways. Some people have podcasts and just talk through their feelings Discount that way. therapy. That's what this is. 
It the really times, is. Carmen and I have been like, wait a second. That's why I do that while talking to each other on yeah. this podcast. You could probably have a drinking game. Like, we do it so <laughs> often. We're like, hang on a second. That's where that's from. Exactly. This sounds like something you should say, you know, viewers, please don't do this at home. It's <laughs> an audio medium. <laughs> you ever watch America's Funniest Videos and they tell you don't do this at home? Yeah. Yeah, discount therapy is something you should go, go to therapy. Go to real <laughs> therapy? therapy? Yeah. Real therapy. Instead of discount therapy. Yeah. yeah. If you can. Because if you honestly, can. let's face it, like it is. I've met people who are very like, why? I talk to my friends. And I'm like, that's oh. not the same thing. It's not. My dears. Because mm-hmm. you need somebody who's impartial. Yeah. As impartial as they can be. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Can I be honest though? Like, I understand that therapy is supposed to be this structured space in which you're supposed to, I guess, um, talk about things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And work through your emotions and blah, blah, blah. But I really thought my therapist would be coming for me. Like, I wanted But why her, do you want them to come for you? I want them to come for me so I can work on things. Like, let's, let's fix everything. And then she tells me to be nice to myself. I'm like, okay. But maybe that is what you need to work on. And that's not that's not what I was looking for. So you want someone to destroy you emotionally, ghost <laughs> you, and yeah. then you'd be like, I got it now. Yeah, I got it now. That's exactly what I was looking for. Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know that you'll find someone I who don't know do that. if there's a therapist. No. The, the, the that's what you hire a dominatrix for, yeah. not a therapist. The whole, okay, come on now. Ther- I thought therapy was about, like, fixing... The bad so the, a therapist will never tell you what's like what you need to fix. They'll uh-huh. give you like suggestions for what you can do, and say, "I'm observing this," or "I've noticed this," or "Have you noticed that you talk about this in this way?" Mm-hmm. But they won't be like, "Do this now <laughs> and fix your life this way because you're a mess." They won't do that. Yeah, I was expecting something different. No, that's yeah. Yeah, I've actually never heard of. When they do that, I've heard roast very much, therapy. Yeah, although would, maybe that's I a would, niche that you need to get I into. Should, like, open I up a roast therapist. I mean, Carmen, you and I could. Yep, Carmen's very you good at like being nice, uh, being nice, and also uh, delving into personal issues. So, like, yeah. Carmen can tell right away when I'm something's also very wrong. good at doing that kind of stuff. So, Carmen and I could have roast therapy. Yeah. This is a lucrative business. I I know. And Farah and Robin and I have already talked about opening our own private practice. So, like, you just join on in. Yes, absolutely. Something tells me people will need therapy after visiting you. (laughs) (laughs) After roast therapy, you go to regular therapy. Yeah. And you go, why would I pay lots of money for that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's unpack this. This is what I need. (gasps) Yes. Roast therapy right next to, like, regular therapy. And then, yeah, you unpack your issues that were, like... Exposed during roast yeah. therapy. This is, you know what I'd be about. This is a Doesn't good idea. Doesn't that sound productive? Sounds it great. does. It, really it does, does sound great. Because yeah. I had a roast therapy session. Well, it wasn't a roast therapy session. It was my sister being a bitch, but she made me cry a lot. <laughs> but I was so upset, and I was at my Alexis on Fire concert, and I was like, "Do I leave? Where do I go?" Wait, you had a fight at a concert? No, 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 no. no. I was at a concert, and her sister messaged me to be like, "Can you talk to Catherine? She's really upset." And I was like. Oh no! <laughs> just was like, do I leave? Do I stay? Where do I go? Do I have to go? What am I gonna do? Uh, anyway, yeah, she made me real upset. She made me feel terrible about myself, but it made me come to the conclusion that I have to stop avoiding the fact that I should go to therapy. This is why I want to become more <laughs> realizations come after. But, but maybe you'll get the realizations. It was not from a being good nice feeling, you guys. Yourself. It felt so <laughs> bad. I don't recommend rose therapy. Never mind. I cried so much. It was Aww. really awful. Hey, but like. Crying is cathartic. Am yeah, I, well, I love. Here's the thing. I fucking <laughs> love crying. This was not good crying. This, was, oh, this was painful crying. Then again, 
painful crying can be good because you have to get that shit yeah. out of the way. You got to clean those gutters. You have yeah. to like yeah. wash the filth away. Yeah. But it was not nice. No, <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> oh, it's hard times. It comes from somebody that knows you. Yeah, really well. And that's, it wasn't yeah, even like I'm not going to get into do what that. my sister said, but it was more. It wasn't. She didn't say direct things. She just mm-hmm. said stuff that was like, "My sister's a bitch." Um, <laughs> <laughs> Does she know you have a podcast? She will yeah. listen to this she, oh. 1 million percent and then be like, I'm sorry, sissy. But, um. That's cute. She owns up for her feelings. <laughs> I mean, for her actions. The only person she apologizes to is me. But, uh, <laughs> anyway. That's neither here nor there. I do think that rose therapy has a place in therapy. But, and you guys yeah. cry those ugly feelings out. Yep. However, it doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. No. I honestly, so here's the thing. You never know where you're going to get in therapy. And sometimes you really find like a good person. And sometimes you really have to shop around. Mm. So there's a difference between like, maybe this isn't what I want. And like, or is this like what I need, but I don't want it. And then there's also like, are you useless? Yeah. Because I had a therapist. um, Because I had a time when I had such bad panic attacks in university in my second year. Um, because I was in an abusive relationship and it was like really shitty and my life was just not great. And, um, I went to see a therapist because I literally couldn't get on the subway without having a full on panic attack. So I went a month without going to school. A whole month. A whole month. Like I could not get to school. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I started trying to go to therapy. So I somehow found a way to go to this woman that was like brought, whatever. She worked for the school. She worked for Ryerson. And it was the most awful experience because she just sat there and had me do worksheets which is like cognitive behavioral therapy, but like you either do it through talking or you get people to do worksheets. And I was like, I'm a 20 year old woman. Yeah. And you're sitting me, you're sitting me down to be like, here, do this. And when you're feeling anxious, write what you're feeling and then tell me what does this mean? And I was just like, I don't know who this works for, but this does not work for me. Yeah. It was awful. And so that was a joke. And so I never went back. And uh, not to that therapist. No, not to that therapist. And then I had to go to grief counseling. Um, I didn't have to, but I went to Mm -hmm. grief therapy. Um, Or a woman who did counseling who could help me with my anxiety. Mm -hmm. A lot of it that was related to grief. Yeah. So it was like my first like real thing into counseling. And it was like a young Latin American woman, which was great. Because I was like, oh, like I can say things to you and like you'll just get it. Yeah. And so I thought I was going there to talk about a lot of, like, my grief stuff and, like, working through my anxiety because of my grief. And most of the sessions ended up being about me needing boundaries because I have none. Um, really? <laughs> whatever. Um, so uh, that was a situation where I got something I didn't know I needed and I didn't really want. But it ended up being useful because I was like, I did not think I would be talking about my grandmother this much. Yeah. But here we are. And here we shall stay. And then I had, I worked with her for a bit. And then, because it's a free therapy thing. So you only get a certain amount of sessions. Mm -hmm. And luckily, like, I I think I felt a little bit better about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look for, like, a regular therapist in my neighborhood and and go from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started seeing the therapist that I have now, who I've had for, like, a little bit, like, three years, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started to see her, I think, coincidentally, after, like, a weird breakup where I wasn't like sad about the leaving the person or like the them and I breaking up, but it was more so that the person while we were dating made me feel super disabled because oh. of my anxiety. Cause they brought up how my anxiety was like an issue for them constantly. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, 
Yeah. And so then I started going to therapy and I found it really helpful. But again, apparently the thing that they needed to, to really pinpoint on was my lack of boundaries, my complete and utter lack of boundaries, which I'm still working on. I'm glad. And I've gotten Very much, glad. much, much better. Much better. Yeah. But oh therapy gosh, yes, gives you so shit that you don't necessarily know you want to hear. Mm, so yeah. you have to be prepared for that. So when they're telling you to be nice to you, you might have to try that first. And if it's absolutely not what you want, then whatever. But maybe it's going to be really hard for you to be nice to yourself. That's fair. That's fair. I think it'll be. Uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's hard. Yeah. It's annoying advice because it's like this is not what I came here for. So now I have to restructure the way I planned therapy. <laughs> what? Yeah. What do you mean restructure the way you planned therapy? Did you like, were you like planning, okay, I'm going to have a session and then I'm going to have to go home and cry so I cannot have anything from this hour to this hour. Like, what do you mean you're going to restructure? Yeah, like, I'm going to restructure the way I thought it was going to go. You know, like I had goals, right? Like I had, I, okay, this, this person is going to help me map this out and this is what I'm going to work on. Like, they shall, they shall, you know, like a work plan. I think I what you need is a case manager in that yeah. sense. Is that good? I mean, okay, I, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Maybe. Because a case manager, like in mental health, the case manager is the one that like does all your referrals, helps you with your goal setting. I don't know. And then moves it the fuck along and says, why didn't you get this done? Why didn't you get it done? Oh, God, that sounds like torture. But like that's, is that what you're looking for? No, not necessarily. I I think think I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I was, well, I I wanted, um, so, okay, so when I originally started, uh, started therapy like I was looking to do some I don't know I was originally, I was originally trying to do some like trauma stuff and some mm. yeah and yeah like, and so, so I figured that you know like if you're going to do some trauma stuff you have to do some like uprooting or like some yeah you know what I'm saying like some 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 figure out some behaviors and work yeah, yeah. through them yeah and so I'm like okay we're gonna do this in a very structured way <laughs> right but it's messy uh, it's messy no, to talk about your feelings no it's very very messy you can't predict where the fuck it's gonna go sometimes I sit there and I'm like I'm gonna have a conversation about this and then I go and I'm like that's not what we ended up talking about yeah 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 I can see that here's the thing about me is that like okay what are you looking for in a therapist I need someone and why haven't you gone yet because I like to procrastinate um I just have problems starting things and legit that's why I want to go to therapy (laughs) is because I have so many issues with beginning things and I can't get over those my therapist even told me she can't see you because oh. she said she wouldn't be impartial because they talk about Catherine too much. Oh, okay. Tell me, before I continue, tell me what you say about me. No, no, good things. I think they're good things, but I just, she's, it, it's always funny because she's like, I just think it's funny that you're an extremely, like, emotional and sensitive and, like, whatever person and you're two best, like, two of your best friends, which would be, like, you and Andrew are, like, very, like, direct, direct and, like, um, blunt, <laughs> like, <laughs> everything else and you're just, like, the opposite. <laughs> Here's the thing about, okay, so I would want someone to help me with my issues with starting things in terms of, like, my career or in terms of, like, different sort of right. whatever issues, because I just have such blocks in terms of doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I'll have brief moments and, like, flashes of, like, drive, mm-hmm. but I have, like, very minimal drive, and it really, I don't know what to do about it. I have mm-hmm. zero idea what to do about it, and it's the thing about me is that, like, I'm, I love 
fucking love talking about my feelings. I would talk about my feelings all day long. And I've worked through so many different things, like most of my daddy issues and a lot of other stuff, I worked through either with my mother or by Mm -hmm. myself, just talking to myself in my room. I know exactly what's wrong with me. I have cataloged everything. I've gone through my feelings over and over and over again. I know what's wrong Mm -hmm. with me. I know the things I need to work on. So it's like, what I want from therapy, I don't even know how, what I, I don't know what they're going to do that's going to help me because I know myself really fucking well. Well, then that's why, that's, and that's you tell why them. I should go to therapy. Yeah, that's what you tell them. Because I'm like, when I, you start. I am, there is no mystery. There's no like, there's no like, right. I don't understand why this is a thing. There's no mystery in my body. I, I've worked through it all because that's all I do. And so it's just like, I just have this like, weird executive dysfunction in terms of like starting certain things and I know and I know the reason why I know it's because I'm afraid of failure I already know Mm -hmm. what am I supposed what is the therapist gonna give me (laughs) I already know well you just you just have to see I already know I also think that I think that there's this assumption that people make that a therapist that like a therapist will dictate what you do yeah and you can very much start any session and be like this is where I'm at Mm -hmm. this is what I want Yep. Like, how can we make this work? Yeah, like I this guess is so. what's going on. Because for me. I d- and if you find a therapist who's like, mm, no, I don't think so. We're not going to do that. Or like, that's not really my area of expertise. That's not what I do. You go and you find yourself another therapist. I guess so. And you don't need to. It doesn't need to be exactly like that. Because I guarantee you, even if you say this is what I want, and the therapist says like, okay, let's talk more about it. Let's like yeah. figure it out. Let's like work through it. And then you're doing stuff where you're like, how does this relate? I'm sure eventually. It'll make sense. Yeah. Um, because it's a process and it's not like a one or two session thing. Mm-hmm. But if a therapist is like, you can very easily just be like, This is why I haven't been to therapy. Yeah. And this is I'm here now and this is my issue. Tell me what you're gonna do for me. I guess. Because at the end of the day, they are like, you are paying them. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to sit there and listen to their nonsense if you are if it's not gonna be of use to you. So yeah. you can very clearly be like, actually, I need this right now today. I don't want to talk about this. Can we please talk about this? Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I've, like, yeah, Carmen, I've worked through so many things. I've worked through so much body image. I've worked through so much self-confidence. I've worked through so much, like, mm-hmm. yeah, all my issues I pretty much have worked through, except for that one. And even then, I know what it is. Well, so yeah. knowing what it is isn't, it's, I don't know. isn't the whole struggle, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you can know where things come from, and it's still an issue. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So, so also, like, that's not the goal. The but goal the, isn't to know what it is, because, like... Um, but the solution to do... to the, so Literally, the only solution to being afraid of doing things is doing things. Right. So I already know. <laughs> right, but it's not, it's not necessarily the getting to doing things. Uh-huh. It's, like, working through the emotions and the shit that stops you from doing things, which, yes, it's the fear mm-hmm. of failure, but where does that come from? There's probably other shit related to that. And working through it. And the other thing is, I've met people who've done like two or three sessions of therapy and they're like, I can't. It was hard. It made me upset. And I'm like, yeah, therapy isn't supposed to be like a walk in the park. Yeah. Like you're going to feel things. Yeah. You're going to be upset. You're going to feel emotions. And it's going to be horrific. You're going to feel worse before you feel better. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. It like brings up shit for you that Mm -hmm. like is not okay. I actually had a session. So I did this thing. My mom was doing this type of therapy. I forget what it is. It's like neuro-linguistic therapy. Oh. So it's like based on like, I don't know. I, I think that's what it was. But it was this therapy that is a lot of like imagery. You're doing a lot of like imagery work. Um, 
So I was dealing with like grief stuff with my partner who had passed away and it was like a whole thing. And I mean, it's still a whole thing as Catherine knows. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was like, I went to one session and it wasn't awful. Like the woman was really good. Mm -hmm. And I had to do this thing where I was picturing myself in a movie theater Mm -hmm. and I'm watching myself sitting across from my partner and we have these like cards and I, I, like every card was like a memory and I had to like in my head relay what that memory was to my partner who had died and it was about us. Mm -hmm. And then it was like me saying like, goodbye to my partner it was like a weird this is the first fucking session can i tell you this woman lived like 25 minutes away from my house um because she did her therapy at home and and i so i did it Mm -hmm. and um 25 minute walk from my house man Mm -hmm. and at the end of that session i had to take a break halfway to my house because that's how exhausted i was i was exhausted i had to sit on a bench for like 15 20 minutes because i was like i am so tired Cause it just took everything out of me. And I was like, I actually can't sustain doing this type of therapy. Mm-hmm. Whatever this is, I can't do. Mm. This is not going to, and it worked. My mother like really loved it and it worked really well for her. Cause she has a lot of dead people that she's having to work with, whatever. Um, but I was just like, yeah, nah, it's a lot of work. This is not for me. This method does not work for me. That's fair. That's and I was right. like, I can't sustain being a full-time social worker and this. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Right? So finding therapy that works. Mm -hmm. Because someone might come and be like, do hot yoga. And then you'll be like, that's not. (laughs) Productive for me. That's not Um, productive. What is that going to help me with? Go to church. Although some people find church extremely therapeutic. Yeah. Other people don't. Religion as therapy is a thing. That's one of the reasons why religion is so powerful. It's because people form connections. Like if you're trying to convert some, Anyway, hot tip for if you're trying to convert someone (laughs) um, is that you basically just invite them into to the community first. Yeah. It's always community-based. You cannot lead with God. Nobody gives a shit. You have to say, <laughs> like, like you have to invite someone to the barbecue or to this yeah, or to yeah. that. And then they're like, oh, I like this community. I like this feeling. That's why they join churches. That's why they join whatever. That's what I mean. Just got to reach out to lonely people. Yeah. Lots of lonely people out here. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, I just, anyway, it's it's just one of those things that I'm trying to to figure out mm-hmm. as well because I'm doing therapy now and I've been with this person for like three, three and a half years. Um, and I think it's really great because she seems to kind of be very quick to like get what I'm trying to get at at this point, mm-hmm. which is great. And she has like sliding scale stuff for me. So it's pretty affordable for me right now and mm-hmm. whatever else. But also like I know that I'm in, in a particular position where I can work well with this person, but she's also like a young white woman and like that might not be good for everyone like not everybody wants to work with like a white person if they're racialized because maybe you don't want to talk to a white person about some of the stuff that you're going through and I can think of people who do who like work in therapy who are white Mm -hmm. who would probably be very uncomfortable talking about like race in therapy so it might they might just be like let's talk about your diagnosis I don't know just an idea right like I'm just even thinking about the people I like did my master's with like I'm sure there's people they'd be like what the fuck um, but my therapist is very like on it. So I'll be telling her something. She's like, mm, that white fragility. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know it too. Okay. Yeah. This is, we're, we're going to be fine. And so we have those conversations. A therapist you're politically aligned with. I need that. Mm-hmm. I personally need that. Oh yeah, absolutely. My mother had a situation where she was seeing a therapist. Things were really rough, mm-hmm. um, for us. And, uh, my mom was going through a lot of transitions. And the woman told my mother, just quite bluntly, because it was a Latin American woman, and we don't mince words at all, 
And the woman said, you're just going to have to get used to the fact that your mother doesn't love you. What? Sorry. <laughs> That's good advice. And my mother was, she was so angry for so long that how dare she say that about my mother? How dare she talk that way? And now my mom's like, no, she's right. I say that to my mm. mother about, honestly, because Carmen had the same grandmother. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much the same mother. Um, so, and that's the situation with my grandma and my mom. I'm like, you have to just accept that, like. She don't love you. It's not going to happen. But for, for my mom at that moment, yeah. she was like, how the fuck dare you yeah. say this to me? But now, she's like, it makes sense. Roast therapy. I understand. Roast therapy. That see? is what, but see, that's not even roast therapy. That's just truth. That's yeah. just the truth. But it's also truths. being told the truth bluntly. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes yeah. like people just need to hear it. Yeah. Bluntly. Yeah. For it to sink in. It's you can go a long time coasting on feeling kind of okay. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that is what therapy is for. It's for uprooting things. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I just, again. Heather. But sometimes it'll be things that you don't even think are going to make you upset or you don't even think about so I had a moment where I was telling my therapist about how much I just like my grandmother for a multitude of reasons and I mentioned that I wanted to confront my grandmother about something she had done to my mother years and years ago Mm -hmm. and my therapist just turned to me and said so what are you hoping to gain from this and I was like well I want her to have to respond to me and she said historically how has your grandmother responded to her shortcomings and I was like she just pretends like it didn't happen. She's like, so what do you think is going to happen when you confront her? And I was like, oh, she's going to pretend like it didn't happen. And she's like, is that going to be satisfying for you? And I was like, no, it'll probably make me angrier. And she's like, is that what you need? Like, do you really need to be doing this? Because you're expecting a reaction that you already know you're not going to get. So why are you wasting your time? And I was like, I guess. Okay. Oh, my God. And so I still struggle about not confronting my grandmother about certain things because it's literally going to get me nowhere. It's just going to make me angry. Do you think about it often? Do I think about her? No. Yeah, like I... that that situation? Mm-hmm. Just when I'm around her. Just when, you're when, around. She, when I'm around her and she's being her usual asshole self. She's very nice to me. She's extremely horrible to my mother. Yeah. So it's, it's very hard. To have that conversation when she's a sweet little old grandma to you and well Catherine. I mean your grandma loves me, of course. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody loves Catherine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody loves Catherine. Uh, I mean everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Literally. I what do you folks think about um I've met people who believe in doing couples counseling before problems start. Wait, what? Oh. That sounds okay, well, here's the thing. I don't know if that's for everybody, but I think that could be proactive. If you had, like... Are you looking for the issues? <laughs> okay, but that's why I want to know, because people have different opinions on it. Some people think know. that it's like you're looking for problems. Yeah. But how soon is too soon? Is it like well, like, it's not like first initial, date. Obviously. But I mean, like, 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 is it like if you, when you're having a good relationship, you go to couples counseling? Or is it like if, like, things just start? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Because, like, there's a point, a point between good and bad relationship where it's like, in the, like, like, just starting to be bad. Should you go to couples counseling when it's just starting? Well, I, from what I remember, one of the podcasts that we listened to, um, the girl, I think the woman was saying that she, she and her partner started going to counseling together when they moved in together because it was a transition for the both of them. And she was like, look, we're not going to do this. Like, we're not just going to jump into this. Like there are things like I have baggage, you have baggage. You're very good with me and we care for each other a lot. 
So let's like be proactive about this. Which I never thought of it that way. Huh. It's very interesting. I've also heard that there are celebrities, well, celebrities always do this, but like who have done couples counseling and people have been like, oh my God, your marriage. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm just doing it because I, I want to. Is couples counseling covered by any insurance? Yeah, it can be. Really? Um, like if we, because we have um, coverage, because Habiba yeah. and I work together, we have coverage and you can get couples counseling as psychotherapy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. And um, my therapist has literally, because one of my placement options when I was doing my master's was to do couples counseling. Whoa. Yeah. And my therapist, and it was like a shit show because it was like, we want somebody because they speak Spanish. And I was like, I never said that I wanted to work in a space where I needed to speak Spanish. And also I don't speak the clinical language in Spanish Mm -hmm. because I'm not, I'm not a doctor. And like, I don't know things like CBT in Spanish. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, But anyway, the point is that um, when I told my therapist, my therapist was like, what do you mean they want you to do couples counseling? You're just starting off your master's. And couples counseling is a fire pit of doom. Yeah, that's fire pit of doom. Doing two people's issues. Yeah, instead of just and one. she's like, why? Do, she's like, Carmen, why do you think I don't do couples counseling? I hired somebody to do couples counseling. I'm not getting involved in that shit. It's two people. That was my and therapist. Their relationship. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, because it's you're mitigating two people's baggage, and trying to make it so that they can work together despite the baggage. And there's triangulation, like the amount of people who are manipulating. Trying to manipulate the therapist to get the therapist to be like, yes, you're right and you're wrong and terrifying. blah, blah, blah. And I, I did have to do a, quite a bit of couples counseling in my last job or like family counseling because I work oh. with children and, and their families. And so I had a few couples counseling situations um, and it was fine. It was fine enough, but it was like feeling like it was good be, being thrown into the deep end, like mediating two people's needs, especially and then doing it with kids, especially. I was like, yeah. the parents like, it needs to be done this way. I need to get this done. This person's not doing this. What are you going to do about my child? And it's like, oh, this isn't how it works. So yes, I've had situations where parents have come to me and been like, my child is a problem and uh, we need to figure out how to make this work. And I want you to have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realize very, very quickly that it's the parent that needs that needs, the, that needs the help and the therapy and the structure. And it's not the kid. And oftentimes I'm younger than the parent. So imagine me as a younger person working with your kid and being like, it's you. It's not them. Yeah. Kind of a nightmare. Fucking awkward. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to... How? How? Well, most things to do with children are the parents' fault. That's... Always. Like, it's always. Like, who's raising them? That's... The question we always ask is, who raised you? And the answer (laughs) will always be someone fucked up. Because, like, that's how people get the issues in the first place. Especially, like, like, you're not old enough. You didn't go through a breakup. You're 15. Like, you you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... Kids grow up, eventually become parents, and then Mm we're still fucking up somebody else's life. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's no perfect way to do parenting. I've never met somebody doing this right. No, because everybody... Here's the thing. When you're a kid, you think your parents know everything. Yeah. And then you get older and you're like, oh, you were just like winging this. Yeah. You yeah. don't know what you're doing. No you didn't know what they're doing. No one knows There's what they're also doing. There's also like, like trauma, not only can it be physically inherited, but like trauma and like different sort of issues and abuse will be just passed on and passed down. And then yeah. people have like generational issues they have to deal with. Like literally every black person has a problem that they have to deal with. And it's because of like the trauma that we all went through. Like, it's just yeah. mm-hmm. just how it works. Like, things don't get resolved, um, mm-hmm. which is why everyone should go to therapy. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit also about, like, what do you think about the idea of um, men and therapy? 
Because okay. I believe that every single man needs on the therapy. face of the planet needs fucking therapy. I don't disagree. More than every single... I mean, not that women don't need therapy. All people, everybody needs therapy. But yeah. men sometimes need to really need some therapy. Like, sweet yeah. Christ. Be, oh, you know why? Because I'm sick and tired of being your therapist, person I am That's dating. That's the thing. Yo. Because lots of women become, like, basically the discount therapist for, their, for whoever they're with. Yeah. So men will talk about their feelings with um, the girl they're with, and then when that relationship ends, then they're entirely yeah. devastated, and they don't have anyone to talk <clears throat> to, yeah. and then they just build these issues up on top of each other and on top of each other, and that's why men are just, like, go bananas. <coughs> yeah. Because they don't talk to anybody. Oh, my gosh. we ha- So Carmen's cat's sitting, and the cat is basically come to the podcasting ses- session. They're here with us. You come and you sit with us, and then you bite us. I know. It's very rude. I'm very scared. Ma'am. What's her name again? I don't want to touch her. Frankie. Hi, Frankie. Okay. This is wild. Okay. Anyway, so as I was saying, you know why therapy is needed for men. Yes, for all of those reasons that you're giving. I also think that it's important for men to have therapy because we are not your rehabs. No. No. You do not get to go from woman to woman correcting the mistakes you made in the last relationship until you finally decide... I'm ready. Yeah. I don't need this anymore. And even then you still do. So like, please, we are not your rehabs. Women are not like help centers for poorly socialized men. And this is the thing. I'm totally, and with my guy friends especially, I am fine with talking about feelings. And I think it's important to say that. Like I, I think that a lot of men don't necessarily have the space to talk about things. And with my guy friends, I'm totally, I'm very open to having conversations with men about how they're feeling, where they're at, because they often don't get that from their guy friends. Yeah. So I'm I'm totally good with doing that, and I want to do that for the people that I care about and the people that I consider friends. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have a weird spider spidey sense when it comes to people not feeling well. Like, I can get a text from someone and know something's wrong. I've literally dated people where somebody's been like, hey, what's up? And my response has been, are you okay? Because I get this weird anxiety in my stomach. Okay. And I know something's off. You're intuitive. I just know something's off, and I've been like, are you okay? Are things fine? How are things? And the cat is, has his tail all up on the microphone. Yeah, we gotta move the cat. Okay, gotta go. Frankie. Got to G-O. Hi, baby. So yeah, I've had like weird spidey sense moments where I'm like, are you okay? You yeah. seem stressed. You know? And like, that's fine. But what I'm not okay with is that I've dated men who clearly have emotional issues. Yep. Don't want to address it. But use me as their, like, emotional punching bags. Um, um, and they're, like, working through their traumas. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, don't need, I don't need this. Yeah. I don't need this in my life. It's like, do you not see, like, do you not see women as other people? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, do you not? Like, no, women are things to be used. And they use us for their emotional capacity building. It is a, it's like a, I mean, and it's not, I mean, okay, it is men's fault, but at the same time, not men's fault because they are socialized to... Yeah, to, to use yeah. women to use as their, like... for whatever purposes that they need to. But I don't think a lot of men realize that that is also using someone. I think that men think that being, like, like using or talking to their girlfriends is them being emotionally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I don't think they realize that they are just throwing their baggage on a person and using them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. should pay a professional instead. Like, not, don't, I mean, of course, talk to your partner about whatever you're feeling. Yeah. But don't expect them to fix you or to have solutions or to be the sole carrier of your weight. If you are a, if you are a functioning alcoholic, do not ask your girlfriend to fix you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do not expect your girlfriend to be okay with this and then to have to fix you. 
Yeah. It has, like, you have to go to a paid professional. <laughs> but, okay, but here's the thing. So many of us are socialized in this way. Because haven't you ever heard the saying, if you don't like me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best? <laughs> yes. I'm literally, that is the worst Hands down, Advice. the worst saying I've ever heard because I'm like, I'm sorry. So I have to be okay with you being an abusive fuck right? Mm-hmm. for me to have you at your best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fucking not. And you should not have me like that either. Like if I'm an asshole to you, yeah. you should not accept that. I think that oh. phrase should be for like, if you don't like to see me like, I don't know, in a more a hot relaxed, mess. a hot mess like state, then you shouldn't, whatever. Yeah. But, like, if you no, can't handle me is... at my panic attack, yeah, then you can't date me. But, like, not, but not, not like, abusive worst. And that no, is yeah. often how people interpret it. Or, yeah. like, oh, because people, it's not like a man is going to ever be like, if you don't deserve me. No. He will be like, well, don't you love me? Mm. Yeah. That is what it, because that's how it translates into actual relationships or women, because or women are just as abusive mm-hmm. or have the p- potential to be just as abusive. But the idea of, like, well, don't you love me? Like, if you love me, this would be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not how anything works. Nobody deserves to be anybody's, like, punching bag. Emotionally, physically, or otherwise. Yeah. Emotional pain is tricky. It's tricky because it's hard to articulate. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're trying to process somebody else's emotions. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. I've never been good at the whole um, emotion thing. <laughs> I'm a great couples therapist, actually, because I have the ability. I'm very good at seeing like the bigger picture in arguments, mm-hmm. and I'm very good at seeing everyone's side. Like, oh, I'm so you? good at it. I'm so good at that. That's a talent. But like, I'm scared. Cat. <laughs> of a cat? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm very good at that. So yeah. I'm a very good mediator. Yeah. I'm a very good mediator. Oh. Okay. This is the thing. But I'm a good mediator in my family. Oh, I'm so ah. good. Me too. I am the Sometimes I am the I'll family just, I mediator. Stop, though. I just like I'll be like, I can't do this, gotta go. I will literally not literally so many times with my family nowadays, like I don't participate. Like if people are being ridiculous, I walk away and go lie on the couch. Like I used <laughs> to be like, no, this person See, is I feeling still, this and it. this person is feeling that. And the reason you guys aren't listening to each other, <laughs> legit, my mother and I have an agreement now that if one of us has an argument with one of my three sisters, the other doesn't get involved. Like my I don't get involved in my mom's arguments and she didn't get involved in mine. Oh, that's and good. We will like because my mom is also good at mediating. But the thing is sometimes when someone's trying to mediate, especially a family member, you're not going to listen to them yeah yeah so there's no Ugh. point and it just escalates the argument truth. right so we legit have an agreement it's like i don't get involved with your arguments and you don't get involved with mine and if we ever cross a line i'll be like you're getting involved with my argument <laughs> and then she'll be like you know what I'm, you're, you're right and she'll leave so we have like set upon agreements that's really because we're good. both like that and so see my family so yeah. a little and so bit now different. so like now i just we just like stop Mm-mm. i just go walk away See, I have a hard time because what I noticed is that recently, in the last maybe five or six months, mm-hmm. all I want for people is to go to family counseling. Just go to family therapy. Forget yeah. couples counseling. Family counseling. Family counseling. Because if I have, oh, first of all, and this is why it's a very foreign thing for me in a lot of ways. Like, yes, my mother and I have had situations that I think have happened that have made me feel very uncomfortable. I think she's felt very uncomfortable. There's a lot of things that like have happened between us that have not been great. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I can still call my mom and we can have a discussion and I can be like, mom, that's wrong. Like this is very inappropriate and this is why. Mm -hmm. And she'll listen. And it's the same for me. Like if my mom is like, "Mm, I don't like how you're talking about this. Mm -hmm. I'll listen. But I have had so many situations recently where I'm like, your issues that you two don't, you aren't communicating with each other. Like I'm having, I'm hearing you talk about this over and over and over again. Yep. I'm like, have you told this person? Yep. And the response is, no, they don't listen. And then I'm like, have you tried though? 
And they're like, but they don't listen. And like sometimes, yeah, they really don't listen. And in those situations, you just have to like move on on your own. And I think that's fine. And I've told people that. But there have been certain situations where I'm like, family counseling is really necessary. Yeah. In this situation. And like maybe not for everyone. Because some people want it and some people don't. Everybody has to want it, which is the tricky part as well. Like everybody who comes has to want some sort of a resolution one way or another. Yes. Yeah. So it can't be one person coming and one person being like, I don't want to be here. Or because it's not going to work. An agenda. Exactly. It's yeah. just not going to work. So I totally, I've heard people who are like, oh, this person's not going to listen. They don't like therapy. Fine. But there are situations where I'm like, you go to therapy and you go to therapy. So go to therapy together. And yeah. then the response is like, they're not going to listen. And I'm just like, Some yeah. Just don't listen to each other. But you have to be ready for it. That's the other thing with therapy. You have, have to be agendas. ready. You have to yeah. be ready and you have to make sure that you're going into a space that, where you can trust what you're, the services that you're getting. Because mm-hmm. I know people who have gone to therapy at CAMH and nope. nope, I'm not going. Like I'm not going no. and I don't endorse going there for anyone. No. If you go and you're having a good time, fantastic. Good don't for you. Don't answer those ads. Don't answer those ads though. Mm. Because there are situations where people will go to therapy and it's affordable or whatever or it's free um, and it's places that'll also be like, why don't you join this drug study mm-hmm. while you're here? Mm-hmm. Or why don't you join this weird electroshock study while you're here? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you go, you're going into a space where you don't feel safe. Cause you're just like, oh, you're just using me as a guinea pig. You're telling me you're giving me a free service, but you're not, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so you also have to trust the person. Cause I think once there's a break in the trust, it's also like, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, out fam. I'm out. So I think that's big as well. I'm also thinking um, in terms of therapy, like it is quite unaffordable. Yes. That is another big barrier to why I have not Mm -hmm. done therapy yet. It's so expensive. It's true. Therapy is unaffordable. It's not easy. You know, any people like... No. No. I'm lucky and I'm in a place, I'm definitely in a place extremely of privilege because I have enough income to be able to put some things aside like... I treat therapy kind of like the way you would treat like paying for groceries. Like it has to be in my budget somewhere because I can't not have therapy. And my therapist was like gone for three months and I was like, and she was like, oh, I can set you up with somebody else if you'd like, like while I'm away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I'm fine. And (laughs) my life was in shambles. So let me just tell you that I was like, I should have been seeing someone. Um, And I wasn't. So that's its own thing. But I, I treat therapy in the way that I like budget for it I have money for it I make Mm -hmm. sure I have money for it and I make sure I'll pay for it like I'll sacrifice other things if I have to Mm -hmm. but there's people who don't have the money you can't they can't afford to pay for it like I know there was a situation where I have a friend who does private practice and like to this day it still haunts me and I'm sure that she had like professional reasons as to why she did it but somebody was like I can only afford to come once a month or once every like six weeks and she was like, well, for the type of therapy that you're looking for, that's actually not going to be effective. Like you would need yeah. to come more often. And she's like, because like we can't really work on much with like a with like a six week break, break in, between. in between. She's like, so I actually don't think there it's possible for me to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that haunted me because I was like, this person wants help. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're not ready for it. They just literally can't afford it. And now they are being told no. And this person and like my friend probably wasn't the first person who said no. Yeah. There are probably others. So I'm just like. That's horrifying. You can have a sliding scale. You can pay for that, like 110 per session, and that's on the cheaper scale. It doesn't make sense. No, no. I my I know situations like I have a mentor who um, does counseling. And she's very funny. 
Um, mm-hmm. But she charges people like three hundred dollars. Whoa, a session? In a session. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like I think psychologists charge like usually around two fifty an hour, two twenty five, two fifty an hour for for counseling. I had a friend who was seeing like especially once you get into specialization. So yeah. somebody who specializes in things like grief or something like eating disorders or anything like that then you're getting into pricier like it's not just counseling or psychotherapy then it's a very specific need that you have and they can charge whatever they want because they know they specialize in that and so it's completely unaffordable and then if you're racialized let's say you're looking for a counselor or a therapist who's racialized Mm -hmm. it's hard to find because there's less of them obviously a lot less longer wait times probably like the chances of you getting on the on the lists can be really hard and then you have to decide whether or not you can afford it so there's that too and if you're looking for like the cheaper options in like a community health center if you're looking at like those wait lists are ridiculous absurd it's like eight months whoa so on average um for black youth who are looking for mental health supports it's an average of 18 months for school boards if you can afford a police officer why can't you afford a therapist please my question please a social worker a child and youth worker even they would be better to handle half of the problems you face yeah than a fucking police officer Uh, or like in uniform (laughs) really oh peel district school board oh Oh, anyway So this is this is the issue. And I think people need counseling from like a very young age. Oh, absolutely. And I don't I don't know. So I ask people on social media like about counseling stuff. And I had I just I just put it out there like what are your thoughts on on therapy? So we got a few answers and so some of them were so somebody wrote like a million percent almost anybody can benefit from therapy. Um, and then we also got, it's like the gym, you have to put an effort in order to get something out of it. So like you actually have to put an effort. Um, and then some days it's hard and you have no idea what you're doing until it clicks. Like it's hard and you don't know what you're doing. And then you're like, Oh, this is, um, and then the other one is that it, so, uh, somebody posted, it's really good for everyone. Yeah. Everyone should try, at least try it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I, maybe I, well, I mean, I definitely am going to try therapy. But maybe I'll just, like, get through it quick because I already dissect all... I'm like, oh, that was it? Okay, good. I'm gone. Bye. Two sessions, I'm out. That'd be great. That's all I want. <laughs> That's what everybody wants, Catherine. That's not how that works. Oh, yeah. so good at dissecting things for me. It's yeah, but it's not about dissecting. Mm-hmm. This is the whole thing. The thing is, I also work on myself. I've been, I've been actively working on myself since I was 14 years old. I realized that yes. I was... I was too sh- like shy, so I started to do drama, and I started to do things that made me uncomfortable, and I would start to do like things that would like no, that's out of my good. Zone. I have been actively like like figuring out what's wrong with myself, and then making putting in practices to make myself better independently my whole life. But are you kind to yourself? I am kind to myself. Oh, I'm very kind to myself. That's good. And the things that I know that I wasn't being kind to myself about. This discount therapy helps with a little bit. If you mm-hmm. want to listen to our body image issue, yeah. <laughs> it pretty much solves all those problems now. Like, I just genuinely, like, and I know, I'm not saying that, like, I, I can't benefit from therapy. I know I can, and, like, mm-hmm. I hopefully will. But it might be in ways that you don't it's expect. It's just, like, I don't... Mm. It honestly might be in ways you don't expect, because I, when I was dating somebody who was a counselor, mm-hmm. um, one of the things he brought up was, like, people who are really smart get away with a lot of shit when it comes to counseling. Because they'll sit there and they'll be like, oh, this is the reason why I do this. And quite frankly, I don't care the reason. The reason does not matter. The reason matters zero. And he's like, and the thing is, people are really good at being smart. Like, smart people are really good 
and being like, oh, this is the reason why I do it. Mm -hmm. The issue is not that. The issue is like, yes, this is why I do it, Mm -hmm. but there's more to it. And like, that's not really where the conversation needs to be going. The conversation Mm -hmm. should not be why necessarily. The conversation should be like, how do we move forward with certain things? And it doesn't have to be about the why. Because sometimes people get stuck on the why and then they're just like, okay, cool. Next. And he's like, and smart people get away with it a lot because therapists will be like, you are so insightful. (laughs) And then they don't bother. And so that's the other thing. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's true. And sometimes it's helpful. Like for me, if I'm having a very stressful week and I start having like bed bug anxiety, I'm like, oh, no, this is just what my anxiety turns into because I've been traumatized from my workplace that was always, always had bed bugs. And so now I'm paranoid about bed bugs, even though I've never had them and I've been fine. This is the concern. Um, and so things like that. So like, yeah, in certain situations, sure. But there are other deeper issues where it's like, you don't need to know the why. The why matters very little. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shit. So that was helpful. A helpful small tidbit from someone. Can I ask, okay, about, uh, about self-care? Yeah. So when you talk about it's a sham, on you go ahead. It's a sham. Okay, but for for different reasons, no. Like I feel like a lot of the conversation, for the most part, has been um, you know bath bombs and face masks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some garbage. Yourself somehow, but it's it, self care is boundaries. Yes, self care is like not dealing with people's shit that you don't need to deal with. Self care is unionizing your workplace. But it's also okay. I don't know. When you think about taking care of others, right? Mm-hmm. The people in your life. Yeah. Right? The things that you do to make sure that their well-being is taken care of, that they um, yeah. are, are, are... Okay. Yeah, they're okay. You're feeling all right. And, yeah. Um, the work that you do to put into that, right? Yeah. Is it different for yourself? Yeah, I think we never take care of ourselves the way that we take care of other people. Like, in a lot of ways. Like, we never... Like, it's for a lot of people, it's much easier for you to take care of somebody else than it is for you to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent. For a lot of people, depending on your culture, how you were raised. Because oftentimes you're raised in a culture, especially if you're a woman, mm-hmm. where it's like, no, like, your job is to take care of those around you. You're the nurturer. Absolutely. And if you take care of yourself, you're selfish. Mm-hmm. So it often comes off as like, oh, you're, you're, you're not going to do this for me? then you're selfish. 100%. Which happens all the time with a lot of, like, racialized communities, I think. Yeah, but, like, women in general. That character role. Yeah. That's why so many of us are dating men that, like... I just find it so interesting. Or men children. Yeah. I just find yeah. it so interesting that we, we are able to see care in, in a different way when we're taking care of other people, but 100%. not for ourselves. No, it's true. And then also, I find that self-care is a little bit weird and gaslighty. Yeah. Because it's, it's this whole notion of, like, you have to take care of yourself... And if you don't and you and you burn out, then it's your fault. You and it's like, is it my is? fault or is it society's fault because I'm a social worker yeah. who's mm-hmm. overworked and underpaid mm-hmm. and I'm dealing with all these other stressors and vicarious trauma and you refuse to support me in the ways that I need to be supported. So it's gaslighting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think in certain, in certain workplaces, this whole self-care thing yeah. is very much gaslighting because they're like, you didn't take care of yourself. Then you're burning out, and that's your yeah. own fault because you didn't bother to or take care of yourself. Manage your time properly. Yeah, manage your time properly. Mm-hmm. I can't manage my time properly when I have, when I'm supposed to have 15 to 20 clients, and I have 29 to 50, depending on like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. 
And the same goes in general, I think, for people. I think there's this idea that like, oh, you're upset and you're exhausted and you're sick. It's, well, you know, you really should have been taking better care of yourself. And it's like, I have three kids and a husband who refuses to pick up (laughs) after himself. How the fuck do you want me to take care of myself? Well, it's just, it's a little gaslighty for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes and no. I just think, like, uh, it kind of depends on how you approach the idea of self-care. Of course. Because, like, if you are thinking about it in those terms that you're saying, yes, that can be very gaslighty. But, like, self-care for you, Carmen, is watching Grey's Anatomy. Is it? Of course. You know what I mean? Yes. Because then I have a good cry. Everybody like, knows I'm upset when I'm watching Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Everybody knows something's off. <laughs> something's up with Carmen. She is weeping over <laughs> Meredith Grey. Like, um, so I do think that that is, yes, sure. But, I mean, also self-care is, mm, I mean, it is being nice to yourself. It really is. And being a bit more forgiving with yourself. Mm-hmm. And also, like, um, not picking yourself apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not, even if you do get burnt out, like, Part of self-care would be just forgiving yourself for the things that you do. Yep. Yeah. So I do think that people need to, like, modify the way they view self-care and see, like, yes, of course, sometimes buying something nice for yourself is, like, a, an act of self-care, but that's not all it is. No, yeah. no, 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 and no. And you ever notice that some people get, you know, a little bit blamed for, like, retail therapy being... I fucking love retail therapy. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I fucking love buying things. I love it. And I, I love, love buying things for people. I love buying things love for buying me. Things. I like like spending money on skincare and shit. Yes. Like, I love it. I love buying like cute little things for myself. That does genuinely make me feel better. And it's not in a shallow like thing way. And often I don't do it because my bank account's like, girl. But... <laughs> Like, it is one of those things that people do shame you for material mm-hmm. material possessions. But sometimes it, yeah. if it makes your life easier, why not? Why not? Yeah. I recently bought a food processor, and I was like, I don't need this, need this. I could just chop up my own vegetables. Yeah. And then I got it, and it was like 20 bucks, not even 20 bucks. And I was like, okay. let me just do this. And it is, let me tell you, that shit is life-changing. Someone messaged me like, Catherine, <laughs> I got a food processor. Who am I? I was like, I have a food processor. I have a blender. I have like a second food processor. What are you talking about? Like, you're a cook. I barely cook. Care? I don't know. For me, okay, self-care has always been like work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like taking care of myself requires some effort. Me too. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. It's true. And it's like, I know myself and I will know the things that, like, will overwhelm me and I have to do things to prevent it. Like, I have to, you know, like, I have to. I'm the opposite. Really? I jump into the deep end to shit that I have no, there's no need. Wait, like what? So, for example, I'm the type of person, and I've talked to my therapist about this, I'm constantly on the go. I'm constantly doing something. Yeah. Or and then you're like, I just got involved in this new project. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, there's like nine lines. Right? Yeah. I can't chill. And I recently had a situation where I was at home yeah. and like I had my, the full day off. And I think the, the day before I had like done things, but I was done pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like was sitting with this like horrendous sense of just dread yeah. and just like yeah. sadness yeah. and like, so unhappy and I thought to myself I was like what is this what is happening and then I talked to my therapist and I was like so I think I like go constantly until I completely burn out and then I need like five days to just do nothing and just like be comatose yeah Mm -hmm. because I cannot handle my feelings 
Because I think I have, I mean, I have to work on a lot of like trauma shit and like the grief and death and dying shit that I like refuse to work on. Um, and I think that it's still sitting with me. So when I sit still, I have to confront the fact that I have feelings that I, when I'm busy, I don't feel. Mm. And then I feel them all at once. And she's like, yeah, you do that a lot. She's like, you told me when you got your master's that you weren't going to, that when you were going for your master's that you weren't going to work while you were doing your master's. So you'd have a little bit of a break. What did you do? You were working. Um, while you were doing your master's like Mm -hmm. on and off and she said and then you told me you were going to take a break between your master's and finding another job or like finish your thesis early and then go back to your old job but have like a month off and she's like and then you found a job while you were still doing your master's Mm -hmm. (laughs) didn't take a break and then you then you said you were going to take a break between that contract and looking for another job and then instead you got another contract somewhere else and so here we are because you don't know how to not do things. And I was like, oh, it's true. Because really I have such a hard time. For me, I think self-care would be doing nothing. Yeah. But it's hard because I have a lot of baggage and shit in my soul that I feel when I'm not doing anything. Mm. So I don't know how to not not That's very things. interesting because I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, I think I might be over self-cared or something. Like I'm just like, <laughs> I'm too full. I'm too full to the brim with like No, I'm shit. the opposite. Like, okay, so here's the thing. So like, this, it sounds weird to say, but like, it's like, I pri- I prioritize myself all the time. Like That's always. good. Well, yeah. Because yeah. I was raised to prioritize myself. Right. So my mom says to me, Snaps. you're number one. Yeah. So I... And I not that I don't take, take care of other people or do any of the other things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I just like I and as, as I said many times in this podcast, I like worked on myself like actively and like like I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna right. do some, like set goals for myself and blah blah blah. I've done this so fucking much that I feel like I'm just like I don't know how to not be comfortable because all I've ever done is been like Catherine, you're number one. Let's make you comfortable. Mm. I don't know how to not be comfortable. I think that's my issue. I think my self-care is probably doing more work and being (laughs) tired and being uncomfortable because I don't know how to not be. Right. That's so interesting. Discount therapy, baby. See, I I allow myself to be uncomfortable too much. Like, I just exhaust myself. Remember when we did MMA? Yeah. I am a person with social anxiety. MMA? Yeah. We did it for like, I I did it for a few months. Carmen did it for like two days. Yeah. (laughs) No, honestly. I mean, I have social anxiety. Yeah. I'm not good with people touching me. Like, I, I, I have, like, a personal space thing where, like, yeah. I'm good with, like, hugs and stuff, whatever. But, like, when it comes to strangers, I don't want them in my space. Yeah. And MMA and, like, grappling. It's just the gay. It's just, like, thing. somebody on literally, like, on top of you. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it was sensory overload because of my anxiety, because of my social anxiety. And she was doing it with me. Yeah. So it wasn't even a stranger. No. And it was all okay. But it was still social anxiety. It was, like, yeah. new. It was, it was, there was a bunch of new people. It was a new space. It was something I'd never done before. Plus, it's, like, things that I don't like around, like, people being on me and in my space and all sorts of other stuff. And I just, like, I literally got home and just sobbed. Not because I was sad, but, like, my body was just so overwhelmed mm. that, I like, it just couldn't handle all the shit that happened. And so I was just, like, and then I did boxing, and I was totally fine with boxing. Boxing? Not a problem. MMA shit, definitely a problem. Um, but I'll do those things. And my therapist was like, Carmen, why? Why did you? I could have told you that was wrong. Yeah. I could have told you that would have been too much. And I was like, I wanted to make myself uncomfortable. And she was like, 
But that level of discomfort, she's like, <laughs> when we do exposure therapy for people, yeah. we do it incrementally because if not, it like sets you back. So oh, maybe, definitely. yeah, she's like, so maybe don't just like dive, in the deep end. dive into the deep end. I was dealing with bed bug anxiety and then I voluntarily went into a client's house who would blowtorch his bed bugs because there were so many of them. He would just find them and blowtorch them. That's fucking crazy. And I voluntarily went into his apartment. Time and time and time again. Oh, dear. And she was like, why when they gave you the option to not go in? This is what I do. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. I have just moments of just madness where I'm like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. And I'm facing my fears. You're facing it. And I face it to the point where I'm like, this was the biggest mistake of my life. You see, you had the three doors. The not scary. (laughs) The scary. The very scary. And you seem to choose very scary each time. <laughs> Literally each time. I'm that person that's like, nope, I have to do this and I'm going to do it now and I'm yeah. going to get it done and fuck it. And then it just like blows up in my face every time. So that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Gosh, I'm really, this, this really discount therapy does help because I have figured that, like, that is helpful, but I, what you said and yeah. what I figured out for myself of being like, I just, I'm like too cool. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Too cool. I'm too cool. You're too cool. I'm too cool is the thing. I buy it. I'm just like, I have, because I have, because so Carmen's issue is like lack of boundaries and she likes to throw herself out of her what cover zone and like test herself. Too much. Blah, blah, blah. Too much. And (laughs) I am like all boundaries. Yes. I am like a. Catherine, you're not just boundaries. Okay. Yes. There's guards and walls Listen. and walls on walls <laughs> and walls on walls on walls. Yes. Not with me. Is there a moat? <laughs> yes. Maybe. There's a moat. There's <laughs> like a river. I'm all boundaries and all like boundaries. I'm all like absolutely not like if something I something I already know I'm like no I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that's my problem is that I'm all boundaries. Yeah. And not even necessarily like it's not like I don't let people in or anything like that. I yeah. will absolutely. That's, again, I, as I said. I'm like all boundaries, but my feelings are all on the, all the walls. I don't know what, I don't know how to describe yeah. myself, but like I, I, I will talk about my feelings all the time and I will do all these things, but yeah, I am all boundaries and I am all like just, just right here. I'm here. It I'm doing sense. this. Yeah. And I will do the things that I know that I like and then I will also like yeah. not accept any bullshit from anybody. Yeah. But you all seem, of this to the point where like. And you seem very comfortable with like your internal dialogue. Oh, I'm so comfortable with myself. Well, that's great. Yeah. I'm very chill. I mean, that's better than most people. I have honestly gotten very comfortable. I, don't, I just don't give any fucks. That's all it is. Oh. You know what my therapist talks to me a lot about? What? My imposter syndrome. Mm. Mm. Okay. And here's the thing. Because imposter syndrome, for people who don't know, is this is this notion or this idea, especially for racialized people, especially for women mm. and women who are racialized, is this idea that you don't think you deserve to be in the spaces that you're in and the spaces that you've earned because you ultimately feel like one, if, especially if you don't see yourself in these spaces or you've just been raised to think that you can't amount to anything. Yeah. Once you get to these spaces, you very much feel like, oh, I don't know how I got here. and I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. So you feel like I tricked someone or I'm going to fail um, because I shouldn't be here if I do make it here. Um, and it's also this idea, this notion of like, um, maybe I should leave before. Like before I fail. Yeah, Yeah. before I'm found out. Mm -hmm. And I noticed this, and this is in general in relationships, in in, like in friendships, in romantic relationships, in work and everything. I'm always just like, people like me, but I think if they like knew me, knew me, (laughs) they probably wouldn't like me very much. Or I'm that person that's like, people are just doing me a favor by being around me. Like they're just like being nice. 
Like they don't want to be around me. They're just nice. Or at work, it's very much like a, mm. I don't know what I'm doing and I don't think I deserve this job and I don't know how to get out of this because I'm not good at it. Relatable Yeah. And so my, I was telling my therapist was like, Carmen, I think you have like a, a, a good amount of imposter mm. syndrome. Yeah. And my response was, it's not imposter syndrome if I'm right. Do you understand me? And she but was, wrong. and she's just like, so she just looked at me and she just went, so it's like really in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, no. And then uh, my friend Andrew always makes fun of me and always sends me imposter syndrome memes. <laughs> nice. And he's just like, this is you. And I'm like, no, because I'm not wrong. Because I'm never wrong. Because I'm a Taurus. Oh, yeah. My ass, ass is never, never wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so Very I'm not wrong. Stubborn. Well, she's so exhausting. <laughs> I was like, like I'm even not wrong. Earthquakes. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not wrong. And uh, I'm just not. But that's another thing that I think when it comes to things like therapy and stuff, it's like you have to work through it. And I'm still yeah. not there because I'm still very much a, like I've tricked everyone into thinking <laughs> I'm an okay human. Carmen, all you do is put your head in the sand about like your good qualities. And it's so annoying for me. I'm almost like, because <laughs> I don't want to compliment you all the time. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> no, you're please great. don't because like, it makes me very so uncomfortable. Because it's just like I've told you, listen to me. Who's always right? <laughs> me. <laughs> It just I, makes me so and compliments make me extremely uncomfortable. It really does. She's very, very you are so smart. Ah, no. So talented. Nope. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, no, Carmen's Carmen's very tiresome sometimes. Like, it's just so annoying. If you tell her she's pretty, she's like, no, I'm not. And that shit's so, so annoying. Oh, Listen no. to me. Listen to me. Imposter syndrome is real. I have to find a way to like work through it, but the I'm not there yet. Because I'm still thinking, like, it's not imposter syndrome. You think it's imposter syndrome, but that's just because I'm so good at lying to you or tricking you without Why knowing it. Why do you it. think that? You know what, though? Like, if anything has I'm, taught you that all adults are winging it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not even joking. Like. Every single person. Everybody's winging it. I know. And even the most thought out plans, and they decided, here's what I came up with. Let's hope it works. And also, like, yeah. have you seen the amount of trash that is out there? Garbage. Who get paid, like, so much money to do nothing. Like, like you don't even have to be good at Every your job. day I pray and I hope and I wish, I wish for the self-confidence of a white man. A mediocre one. Like a that. mediocre Ooh. white man. Mm-hmm. Man, what a life. What a, life. what a fucking life. Because I sit here going like, I'm trash. And you're sitting here them. being trash. <laughs> and getting paid for I it. I have been saying this to myself where it's like, where the parts where I am insecure about things, I'm like, listen, Catherine. There's a mediocre white man who's done nothing. Yep. Nothing. Yep. And a podcast. Up top, Carmen. We have a podcast. Yes. But there's some mediocre white man who's done nothing, and it's like, yeah, I'm like a comedian. I'm like super cool, blah, blah, blah. I think I saw something on Twitter that said, um, you know, you, you may not think that you're qualified for the job, but neither is the person applying who's going to get it. Yeah. yeah. So. Also, you know when you look at the qualifications on, on resumes and stuff? Oh, not resumes. Sorry. On, um, uh, job, on ads? job ads? Yeah. Like, if you had all of those qualifications, they couldn't afford you. You know yep. what I mean? Oh, like, if you had yeah. everything that they had on that list, they would never be able Listen to Listen to you. me. I saw a job posting like a year ago yeah. when I had finished my master's and it was, they wanted a master's student mm-hmm. or no, they wanted um, somebody with a master's degree in social work mm-hmm. um, to take on this job. And like, you should have seen the amount of responsibilities, you should have seen what they were asking for, for qualifications. It was like, no CBT, no this, no that, like do this stuff. $17 an hour. I saw a job posting for a restaurant. It was a fancy restaurant. And they 
demanded that you had a degree in hospitality. A degree. A degree. Like you had to go to school and get a degree. And how much were they paying? I don't even. Probably basic as well. Mm -mm. That's fucking absurd. You're you're being hired to be a hostess, and you had to have a degree. But imagine, because we live in a society that places your value. Your value is based on like how much you earn. And yeah. like your job. Yeah. yeah. So imagine you go to school thinking like, I'm going to feel so much better about myself when I have a good job and when I'm able to do this because that's what you're told. Yeah. And then you go to school, you rack up 10 plus thousand dollars in debt if you're doing a master's, usually more. And you go and you look for jobs and the jobs you're getting are contract, part-time contract positions for $17 an hour. Ugh. How yeah. is your? How are you supposed to feel? Yeah. You know what though? We cannot derive our self esteem from one place. No, no, no. That is another that's, thing. That's another thing. Another thing about adult. I wanted to say um, when you said that adults, all adults are winging it. You may feel like, oh, this aspect of my life is mm. really bad, and like, look at that other person. Their life is perfect, but I guarantee to you, you, their life they, is their not Their life perfect. is terrible in thirteen other ways. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, no matter what you think about, like, oh, I don't. This part of my life isn't like exactly how I want it to be, or this whatever my relationship or my job or my like family something. You and you look at someone else and you think that theirs is fine. No, they're not. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. never. Mm-hmm. Legit, no. you know who the only people who are fine are are people who are like quiet millionaires. Yeah, <laughs> who just like have a bunch of money, and don't say nothing. Those people are living the life. Those oh people are are quite interesting. Yeah. And even some of them are very uh, they, like, fucked. They just, yeah, like, yeah, fucked up. <laughs> well, my therapist, the my mentor, the therapist person um, who charges like three hundred dollars an hour, she's been very clear to me. She's like, Carmen, listen to me. I can't stand rich white people. And she's a black woman and she's just like, and she has no time for anyone. And she's just like, I will sit there and listen to your stupid nonsense complaining about the stock markets to Mm me. Mm -hmm. If you're paying me $300 or $300 an hour, I'll listen. She's like, because you know what I can do with that money then I can go because she's Somali and she's like, I can go into my community and do this shit for free. So you best believe I'm going to be charging these rich people $300 an hour so that then I can work in my community and do nice. it for free. You know what should, we should do? So you should, we should open that practice. Sorry, you said it's you, Robin and Farah. Yeah. And me. And then just, uh, yeah, charge insane amounts. Well, that's we've already been thinking about sliding scale and yeah. then having and having an option to, like, if you give more money than, like, what we charge per hour, that money can go towards paying for a disadvantaged person because I don't have a degree in like know social work or whatever. charity yes but no because I don't have a degree in social work or whatever we can just say I'm a holistic therapist of course and then done you just you just you come in in your bedazzled whatever that you Hell, wear yes I will wrap my hair up I will say I'm a holistic specialist in like no, they eat that shit in. okay okay 100% you're in so, <laughs> like, let's do this we're making it work so you it's also don't happen. have any like social work degrees right nope okay so me and you are the holistic therapist yes, with our hair wrapped up and we will be just like listen you know, we need to but talk I'm kind of thinking feelings. about it how far can I stretch my global health degree? Oh, very far. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a degree in history and religion. I don't know if that really <laughs> Listen, applies. you can be one of the spiritual people. Yes. Oh my God, yes. I can talk to you about and spirituality. I have a degree in religion. Yes. And we can have the both of you doing, uh, uh, you can do uh, anti-racism therapy. Oh okay. Really milk that white guilt. Oh God, for all <laughs> its <laughs> Milk that white guilt. That white guilt is so lucrative. Oh dear! This is how you're gonna it make pays. Oh dear! I love that we no one steal this plant. This is ours. Yes. Don't see the, no no stealing. We have trade. And we're all TM. like people of color except for Robin. And then even then they're like gender queer. Perfect. Yeah. So and Robin and so also heavy. Robin is like one of the most badass white people because Robin is always like, no, I'm trash, Carmen, because I'm white, and we're always just like, but like 
you're so much better than 99% of white people. So thank you. Perfect. Oh, dear. Y'all have cats. This works out so well. Let's do Uh, this in the summer. Now, how do we get funded? (laughs) It'll be an investment, but we'll make it work. We'll make it work. work. To be honest, it sounds like fun. And then we can use all our money to eventually buy a really big mansion. So when we're old, we can all live together in the mansion. Yeah. Which is always my goal. Oh, oh my God. Oh. The plan I'm, live, I'm here for. So it's you. I know we had already said, so Nikki said yes to this coven thing. Yeah. So you and Danielle Nikki. did too. Danielle. I'm seeing this turn into a cult very quickly. I'm very excited. I would such be such Really, a when you think leader. about it, all religions you know, are death be. cults, so this is fine. I also think about that Did sometimes. You know, I think you were the one that told me about Jared Leto now being in a cult. Yeah. I no, 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 not being in a cult. Jared Leto started a cult. Like, yes! I, think, I legit think I could start a cult and people would listen to me. I could do it. I could be a cult leader. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not going to. I just could. Okay, but off topic. You should. Off topic. But the whole men need therapy thing. Yes. Men need self-esteem. I, like, I thought you just said, it's funny that you said off-topic. Even though this is back on topic. <laughs> I mean, like, I realize that... Men need self-esteem? A lot, a lot, a lot. Men need... Mm. And they need self-esteem and validation not from women. This yes. is just like women need self-esteem and validation not from men. But I think the thing, this I think is thing about men and self-esteem you is that they have so much self-esteem in terms... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no. they have so much self-esteem in terms of, like, themselves as valuable individuals... <laughs> But none in themselves in, like, personal individuals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm a man. I'm valuable. I can do that job. I can do that. You know why? Because I'm a man. And you know what? If you're a woman or, or a per- black person of color doing my job, but like you, I could do your job better because I'm man. That comes white man. But that's, like, instinct somehow. It's, like, it's different than, yeah, yeah, what they need in terms of self-esteem, in terms of, like, personal self-esteem. Because a man with, like, personal self-esteem does not have threatened masculinity. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So great. I don't know. I've been thinking about like how many Tinder profiles do you come across? Oh God! <laughs> let's hear it. Let's go. Yeah. No, let's say so. How many Tinder? Oh, I actually forgot my point. There, there's this one consistent bio. What? Uh, I'm six two because height matters apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is that it? Oh my God! There's so many. Like honestly, and it's like this is where you think your value comes from. Yeah. It's so sad. Oh, those ones make me it's laugh. It's so sad. Those are also automatic no's. I'm like, you're clearly not okay with yourself. No. Bye. And it's like this is. No. And to be honest, a lot of a lot of men kind of just get by on their height. <laughs> there are men who have definitely benefited from their height. Yeah. I don't know. But it's like it's not even just height sometimes. It's like it's it's fitness. It's whatever and, it's and like, broad shoulders and shit. Honestly, and it's 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 the strangest thing, it's like please have some some value in yourself as a human being yeah see yourself as a person like do you have hobbies or something do you have hobbies or do you just hold dead fish like what is, <laughs> what is up with the amount of men that have like want go fishing i have never i, I literally I didn't know this it just tells popular. me you're boring i hate mm-hmm. fishing <laughs> i don't like being on boats Man. or even honestly like their career because to be honest i don't like when i meet somebody and the first thing they tell me about is um how impressive they are it's like yeah yeah no absolutely it feels like you're selling something and yourself at that yeah well i mean that is what they're doing mm. men are taught to sell themselves didn't you tell me carmen that time that you dated some guy and he said that he was like a waiter or something and he's like oh i work in the restaurant industry or something really vague about yeah yeah it. yeah mm. and he's like i'm 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 like a i'm a restaurant industry expert and i was like what, what? and oh he was a God. waiter 
It's just like, say you're a waiter, bitch. Okay, but really, I went on a date with a guy who um, who was talking about how he does a lot of um, gymnastics and how he can do a cartwheel. I swear to God, I thought he was going to do it in a car- <laughs> in the coffee shop. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I was terrified. Turns out, <laughs> turns I love out, this. like literally half an hour into the conversation, he was telling me how he was on the cheer team. He's a cheerleader. But he did all of this work trying to, to make it seem like something else because he didn't feel like cheerleading was a masculine enough sport. Oh, fuck off. How you are know? You a cheerleader who's not secure their masculinity. Yeah. How did it. you get this far? <laughs> I don't get it. It's very strange. Yeah, I get that. I think I've met a lot of men who are like, I don't know i've met men a, a couple men who are like yeah therapy's great like i like who who've done therapy and they enjoy it like my mom's husband um really likes therapy and i think yeah like I'm my uncle I, one of my uncles is has done therapy as well and he thinks it's super useful and then i meet men who are like no 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 therapy is just like not what i need and then i'm like okay so what do you need and they're like i don't know but it's not that you know it's just mm-hmm. it's not that and i'm like so what the fuck is it? You're telling me, I've literally heard men say things like, I think I have PTSD, but like, I don't know. I don't think therapy's going to help me. Why? And oh. I'm like, okay, so what's going to, ha- what? What could possibly help you then? Yeah, no, that's pretty wild actually, a statement. But it's also because the therapy, and we haven't mentioned this at all, which is surprising, but therapy is so stigmatized. 100%. The idea that like, if, okay, so first mental health is stigmatized. And so like the idea of like even addressing your mental health yep. is stigmatized. So then, like, the idea, like, oh, I'm going to go to therapy. Therapy must mean that I'm, like, a cuckoo crazy person. Yeah. And that, as if that's somehow inherent or something. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you just cannot be fixed, which none of these things are true. No. So it's just, like, people will stigmatize therapy. And so, and I think also, I do genuinely think that therapy, being under the umbrella of self-care, is something that is feminized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people think that, like, especially men, will be like, well, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not a woman I'm not going to go to therapy I'm not talking about my feelings that's feminine I'm not doing any of those things those are feminine things and really what they can do is go to therapy and deal with their like masculinity issues yeah but um but yeah that's I think that's the crux of it yeah I I've met okay so I've met people who have done therapy who are men like who have been therapists Mm -hmm. and they tell me some interesting stories about how like They've often have had men come to their sessions, um, and the men have been like, well, my wife sent me. Ugh. I don't want to be here. Okay. And they're just like, hey, you can leave. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, I'm not helping you. You're a grown like, man. You're yeah. a grown man. Get the fuck out. Like, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also been a lot of situations where men will use therapy to, like, let's say they have a mistress. Oh, dear. And then also have a wife. Oh, dear. And they want to get the therapist to like help them navigate this situation (laughs) with the wife like that happens so sometimes i'm like maybe you don't need therapy what you need is jesus or something (laughs) you know like maybe you join the church you're the person come to terms i just i just i yeah i your actions i do think that men need therapy but it's often like well i don't want to talk to a stranger like why would i tell a complete stranger my problems and i'm just like because maybe they'd be better equipped at helping you than like your sister or your girlfriend mm-hmm. or whoever you Or bottling you're... up it up inside, not telling anyone, and then shooting someone. Yeah, all that. Yeah, that too. That happens. Please go to know. therapy for everyone's safety. <laughs> and it can look different for different people. If therapy is going to church, 
or therapy is a sweat lodge or therapy is like maybe you work through your shit by going on runs. Yeah, totally. Or kayaking. I don't know what people do these days. Whatever you do, if that's helpful for you, then just do it. But like, please, for the love of God, don't use us as emotional punching bags. <laughs> that's all I ask. I think that's a fair request. Right? It should be. Right? And then maybe if you have a friend who's nice enough to talk to you about about your feelings, mm-hmm. take that time to be like, yeah, I'm not feeling great. If you're not feeling great. Because the last thing you want is to then not feel great and then take it out on people. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, do that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is that a good wrap-up? That's a good wrap-up. Okay. All right. So, our Instagram... Our, our Instagram is I'd kill a spider for you, and our um, Twitter. Twitter is I'd kill a spider number four letter U. And then my Instagram is the CC Williams, and you can follow me for pictures of my cat. Um, also, your baking. Also, my baking. Once I start going to therapy, I'll just like post pictures a picture of, you crying? of me like weeping. Um, <laughs> I love it. Oh, God, guys, you guys, I really can't stress enough how much I love crying. I really like it. <laughs> it's the most fun. But, and um, I are very much the opposite, but anyway. Anywho, what about you, Carmen? <laughs> um, my Instagram is Carmen underscore Maria 416. Um, and I'm always posting miscellaneous shit, mostly political stuff. Um, recently, I've been posting a lot of music stuff. and My love of Bad Bunny continues to grow, and that's where I'm at right now. Carmen posted a picture of him, and I just replied with the message, men are allowed to be so ugly. Oh dear! <laughs> Did you see what he was wearing? Honestly, no. He looked like he was wearing like a an like a half camo, half kitchen. He looked like a basket of fabric that was just like loose fabric. Yeah, but that's he, how he was. He, he was looked a like a picnic table. He, like he looked like he was wearing a picnic table slash camo. They got away with so much at the Grammys. At the Grammys? Like this was not just walking out on the street. This is at I'm the sorry, Grammys. Are we in 2002? Is this Justin Timberlake? Like yes, that's what it Tim- looked like. It was super baggy, and I was like, I want this man to be with me because I would like to have permission to Carmen, look like this shit. You have questionable taste in men. I do. She's questionable <laughs> taste in men. Thank you. I like how you were like you got that right away. She <laughs> Like literally she had this since whole we were spiel. literally since we were children, I've been like, girl. I have, been, I, have been, I have been critiquing her taste in men our whole lives. Doing God's work. And she's never listened. <laughs> Fix it, Jesus. You know? You know what and I mean? again, the therapy has probably helped in terms of her boundaries, but like Carmen has always been wild with scrubby looking men and I Ugh. You know what? Just so you know, every once in a while, I will support you if you say it is above you. It's a bug. <laughs> it is a bug. <laughs> anyway, uh, what about you? What's your Instagram? You can find me at H A D T A N N I Hab Tanny, and that is my radio voice. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Smooth. I feel like there was something I was going to mention. Therapy, men, ugly people. Mm. Oh dear. <laughs> I can't remember. Do you think your therapy will help you choose less ugly people? I don't know about ugly, because I don't think they're ugly. Emotionally ugly. Emotionally ugly, I'm already there. Good. I have, I'm moving on. I'm so happy I have made a concerted effort to date someone who's not a piece of shit, and who treats me... (laughs) That's true. Unbelievably well. Two and a half months ago, I was really mad at you. Yeah. He treats me unbelievably well, and he's very nice. Uh Um, We'll see how long it lasts, because mostly I've realized that when I'm dating somebody unbelievably nice, my general fear is that they're going to die, and we all know where that stems from. So I'm going to work on that. 
<laughs> and so here we are. Here you are. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, I just want you to make healthy choices, Carmen. I shall. <laughs> I am making better choices now, everyone. All right. Okay. For my sake. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Good night. Good night. Be well. Be swell. Yes. Be Same swell. Manner. Bye, friends. Bye, friends.